Welcome back to Accounting for AI, the Autonomous Finance Podcast, where we explore how AI is transforming finance and accounting at every level. I'm your host, Mark Fisher, and I'm here today with a bonus episode to send you into the long weekend. We've recently been hosting a series of panel discussions entitled The Summer of AI, and we've already covered several key areas of interest like employee well-being and how generative AI is unlocking new possibilities in finance. Over the next month or two, we'll bring you replays of these thought-provoking conversations. Today, we'd like to bring you the first in our Summer of AI series entitled Boosting Productivity and Well-Being, How AI Can Help Combat Employee Burnout. The session was moderated by Vic AI's own SVP of People, Anna Klombies, and we were joined by Vic AI co-founder Chris Royal, Ade Tadesi Heath, VP of HR at Flowcast, and Babak Rasulzada, VP of Machine Learning and Radiology at Tempest Labs. So without further ado, let's get going. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome everyone again. My name is Mark Fisher. I'm the SVP of Marketing at Vic AI. And we're excited to spend time with you today talking about uh, a topic that's that's been present across a number of different industries and, and in the media uh, because it's a, it's a serious issue today, and that's um, employee burnout. And so our, our core topic today is how we can boost productivity and improve well-being using technology like AI that can help combat employee burnout. And so I'm excited to, to welcome you to the panel uh, discussion today. We've got a wonderful group of experts here to talk about this. Uh, Anna Klombies from Vic AI, our SVP of People, will be leading and moderating the discussion. Welcome, Anna. And we've got three fantastic panelists. Uh, Christopher Royal, who is our co-founder and COO at Vic AI, uh, will be spending time with us, as well as Ade Tedesi Heath, who is the VP of HR at Flowcast, and Babak Rasulzadeh, who is the VP of engineering machine learning at Tempest Labs, focusing on radiology. So really interesting perspectives on the topic um, and we're excited to to dive in. And so I just wanna give a quick overview and do a little housekeeping and then we'll turn it over to Anna to kick off the discussion. So today we're gonna be covering a couple of key topics and I think you probably saw this from the original invite, but we're gonna be looking at understanding the causes of employee burnout then talking about kind of AI-driven workload management and how intelligent, intelligent algorithms can optimize work allocation. We'll also spend a little bit of time on work-life balance and how AI can help enhance and optimize. And then finally, how maybe we can leverage AI to improve employee engagement and motivation and bringing that full circle. But I'm sure the conversation will also be wide-ranging given the, the panelists' interesting backgrounds. And so um, really excited to, to kick it off if you have any questions, you know, we'll save those to the end and uh, please just go ahead and drop them into the chat. And if uh, there's time at the end, we'll certainly pull questions from the audience and, um, and make sure that we, we get to those. But with that, I'll turn it over to you, Anna, and um, go ahead and kick things off. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark, for the great intro and thanks for everyone joining us. I think this will be a really great hour. Uh, employee burnout is something that is absolutely rampant around the world. In fact, there's a report in Germany that the cost of worker burnout costs their economy 
uh, $9 billion in lost productivity. And it's even worse in the United States. It's uh, estimated to be around 300 billion in lost productivity here. So this is definitely a topic that everyone can learn something from and benefit from. And I really truly believe that the way that we can help employee burnout is through innovation. Um, being proactive, getting out ahead of this as much as possible through innovation. So um, again, from me as well, welcome to our, to our panelists. It's wonderful to have you here. And I thought maybe it would be interesting just to get a little personal and talk a little bit about uh, from each one of you about your personal experience with burnout or work-life balance. I know very little known fact about me. I started out as a staff accountant. That is how I got my foot in the door into HR. So I was doing payroll, doing very low level accounting type work. It was incredibly repetitive, very deadline driven. And uh, I would have benefited immensely from AI. So that's my personal story. I'm gonna start with Chris. And if you can share a little bit from you, that would be great. Mute. Technical problems as always. Sorry, I'll blame it on the time zone since I'm currently uh, on the back end of uh, of uh, my European uh, visit. <laughs> so good morning and good evening to anyone that's uh, that's on here. So you know, as a twenty year in founder, I you know probably been uh, you know burnt out a few times without noticing it. Uh, but that's kind of the the grind uh, of 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 being a founder. I was just thinking about. A specific use case as as you brought it up and um i think the maybe the best one as um as a proud norwegian and uh, avid skier i had like a forced burnout situation when i crashed on skis uh a decade ago and uh you know, dislocated and broke my collarbone so made oh, it very no. hard to do a lot of things for a while so i think that's the that's that's the closer to a physical burnout but uh uh at the other end, end of it, I think just uh, uh, self-help and, uh, uh, you know, ancient philosophy has kept me going for, for the last two, two decade, decades. So that's, that's kind of the secret sauce, I, I guess. That's awesome. Yes, I get my daily dose of stoicism from Chris, and it is wildly <laughs> helpful, that is for sure. All right, Ade. Uh, yeah, I think it's... A uh, double-edged sword being in HR, having to deal with employee burnout, but also your own personal burnout. So sometimes it's easy to put it on the back burner because you're just so focused on retaining employees and not having turnover and quiet quitting, loud quitting, whatever the new trend is these days. But yeah, personally, I mean, I, I started at Flowcast when I was employee number 18 and now we're close to 600. So it's been a pretty wild journey seeing it grow that much. And I think to Chris's point, you need to find whatever outlet, whether that's outdoor things, reading, uh, cooking, or sometimes just zoning out and not looking at any screens is really important for burnout because otherwise you just can't show up as your best self, particularly if you are in a people facing role. I agree. I, I think it's interesting how HR has changed. We used to be so focused on comp benefits, compliance, et cetera. And now well-being has also been added to our plate. So yeah, taking care of ourselves, it's sort of like put the oxygen mask on first, right? We have to take care uh, uh, and, uh, and then look out for everyone else. But Bach, can you share something from your personal history? Yeah, my, my personal history is probably pretty similar to what Chris described as a several time founder myself. I've uh, 
I've experienced definitely this, you know, being being burnt out without realizing that you're burnt out scenario a few times. And then I would probably say, you know, having spent the vast majority of my uh, professional career in the startup world, you're kind of constantly on the on the brink of burnout. You're, you're constantly sort of playing with that with that edge and and it's dangerous and 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 you definitely pay for it um much more than you you were expecting once you cross that border uh indefinitely and then and then yeah you you got to spend sometimes years to come back but i've i've learned my lessons uh through a couple of very bad experiences of, of burnout and uh, these days i uh, i try to keep a very uh, balanced sort of uh, uh, life, even even in the startup world, uh, as impossible as it may sound. I spend a lot of time in out, in the outdoors, uh, a lot in in uh, my backyard, which is basically your background, uh, uh, Anna, the, the Yosemite, <laughs> and a bunch of the other national parks here in California. I spend a lot of time in the mountains in general, uh, and uh, it's my way of recharging the battery, but also keeping a detached uh, sort of distance to to it all as much as we're always engaged and involved in in our uh, endeavors. Well, I appreciate that. This is actually Norway behind me, just for anyone oh. interested. But it, it does Oh, look- that, that I, thing on the left really looks like Half Dome. I was like, I've never seen Yosemite Valley this green, but okay. Yeah, that's because it's Norway outside of Bergen. Oh, I love Norway. I took this yeah. photo last year. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much to each one of you for sharing that. I think that's really uh, uh, helpful. And, and it sets the stage for our conversation around, um, you know, which we'll get to being proactive and innovative. And I think how um, AI can help us identify uh, before you're even burnt out. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, Babak, while we still have you, uh, why don't you start us off and let's define employee burnout and what we see as the main causes, symptoms, and consequences in this incredibly busy uh, workforce, and particularly in startups. Right. Um, so, again, taking my personal journey there in terms of employee burnout, um, it's it, it's twofold. I would say it's it's the matter of. Um, uh, you know, constantly being being on. You know, when when we're dealing with startups, uh, not only the founders, but typically even the the regular employees, quote unquote, are expected to be on twenty four seven. Even even when they're not working, they're supposed to be working, or at least they, w- they will be thinking about work, uh, whether they like it or not, and and weekends as well. So that's one aspect, just the constant. Uh, pressure and and um, continuity of it. Um, the other aspect is, of course, startups tend to get very personal in the sense that, again, going back to the you know Zen concept of, of detachment, that doesn't exist in startups because it's really the opposite. You're you're just so attached. Uh, it's you know quote unquote your baby. Or even if you're not a founder, if you're one of the early employees of a startup, you feel like it's your baby. Um, so, um, so that, that's, that makes detachment really hard. Um, and, uh, and, and for that reason, I would say performance lower, um, but you don't realize it. You think that the more attached I am, the more engaged I am, the better I'm performing, but in the long run, you know, you're running a marathon, not a, not a sprint. That is so true. 
And Ade, if you can speak just a little bit, you're in a much larger uh, organization, um, well over 500 people. Can you talk a little bit about burnout uh, in in that and also in in the financial and accounting world? Yeah, um, well, to kind of echo what Babak said, uh, you got to be a jack of all trades, master of all, I guess, in a startup. Uh, And and so you wear multiple hats and I, I see a lot of burnout when people don't have uh, clear lanes, clear defined ownership, uh, and then obviously career path. Where does this take me if I'm just kind of doing everything? I think there's a major upside to it. So you obviously have to be the right type of personality to seek out a startup environment. But um, I think me personally, going from 18 to 575 has been a, a journey of of the Wild West to more structure. And then there's burnout inevitably with learning that uh, there's more red tape, there's more bureaucracy that comes along with larger organizations where people don't feel as agile anymore. And so sometimes uh, employees feel burnt out for the fact that they can't move as fast or they're not as important, quote unquote, anymore. Um, but of course, everyone's important. They're just not, at, 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 I guess, center stage as we would have been at a smaller organization. But our software actually, Flowcast, is to automate the accounting process. And we actually hire a majority of our employees out of big four and uh, you know public and private uh, auditing firms. And so I think the last time I checked, I want to say something like uh, one third, maybe like 38% of our organization right now are former auditors, accountants, and they are just desperate to get out of that world because it's so slow moving. And like you had mentioned earlier, repetitive, uh, there's, there's some comfort in the repetition, but there's also just not a lot of exciting engagement, uh, at least from these folks that left that role. Um, and so we're trying to solve a problem for people who want to stay in that world and then create roles that are exciting people who have that technical skills, but don't want to lose it, but want to transfer it into sales, to product, uh, to engineering, to whatever it might be. Um, and so we're trying to solve the burnout of like, hey, don't feel like your CPA license was wasted. Come use it in a cooler way so you can apply it and then also give back to the accounting community to help them automate their processes so that we don't lose that that role because it is a dying breed. I mean, I think there's some stats out there showing that that's a, the accountant role is just not, uh, there's not as many graduates. There's not as many people staying. And so definitely don't want to disrupt the industry too much. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think burnout on a larger scale um, where you don't, you're not as, um, I guess, critical. Uh, it, it's just different. You know, I think uh, figuring out how, where your place is in the new organization can also be challenging. And awesome. If I may, Thanks. I would just want to add that Similarly, in our space with with physicians, so we work a lot with radiologists and oncologists and other types of physicians. I'm myself very focused on the radiologists. Burnout is uh, so prevalent that, you know, prior to the pandemic, 54% of, and this is American Medical Association's numbers, 54% of radiologists would report burnout uh, uh, on an annual basis post-pandemic or during the pandemic, that number shot up to 63%. And and this is one of the reasons why, for instance, radiologists and and some of these other physicians have some of the highest suicide rates amongst any any profession out there. Because of course, in their case, there's also a lot of human lives that depend on them doing the work that's arguably insurmountable and, and overwhelming and bandwidth doesn't exist anymore. I mean, that is really, you're touching on consequences of employee burnout, and that's as tragic as it gets, right? So this is a super serious topic. I think the other 
aspect of this, and we can get into this more as the podcast goes on, is talking about the fear that people have around AI. And, and instead of being fearful of it, this is something that really genuinely can help us, um, as, as Ade said, be more engaged and find new life in our career uh, and really impact us in positive ways. And I think um, as far as job loss goes, it's more you'll lose a job to somebody who knows how to use AI versus losing a job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we can talk about that a little bit more. And Chris, you have uh, been a, a multi-company uh, founder. You have uh, been in the industry for quite some time. Anything that you would like to add around um, understanding burnout and the consequences that happen as a result. Yeah, I think at least something we should, uh, and I, I think it ties into you know pro- probably discussions later here. But uh, you know, I think internally at Vic, at least we're very conscious about you know us being on the other side of the pandemic. Uh, Vic became a remote first company during the pandemic, as 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 most companies at this uh, at, at that point in time. But we kind of stayed in that lane, even though we you know grew to a, a big, big, bigger and bigger an organization. And uh, you know, th- that's something that I hope we can dive deeper into then see how we can have you know, a set of tools that can, can help us in, in a more remote environment as well, since uh, currently we, you know, we employ people across the globe, across time zones. And uh, just there's, you know, we're not, uh, we're not together around the water cooler and seeing everyone in the face uh, every day uh, anymore. So yeah, that's at least something that we are exploring and using tons of time internally to, to see and figure out how, you know, we can, catch up that uh, lack of uh, physical presence with uh, with uh, with uh, some collaborative tools that is a great point and let's make sure we do touch on that because i think so many people are dealing with with keeping people engaged in a ro- remote environment and ai is certainly something that can help as we've experienced at vic.ai for sure um, okay so i really feel like we uh, understand the problem and how serious it is and how much it's impacting um, ourselves, our companies globally. Let's move on and talk about how AI and technology can help us address it. So um, I, I think we'll start with uh, with uh, a day, um, and maybe you can talk a little bit about how AI and machine learning technologies and productivity platforms help optimize workload and streamline processes, particularly in finance and accounting. Yeah, sure. I, I think um, a lot of the trouble sometimes that we run into from even like a sales perspective when we're trying to uh, convince prospective clients to demo and, and purchase our product is they're stuck in manual processes, literal pieces of paper, uh, documents uh, sitting in a file. And obviously, like the world is a little bit more remote, but the accounting industry hasn't quite caught up to that yet. Um, And so I do think that this is a necessary need to push the industry a bit further. So that way it creates more sustainability and honestly makes audits less painful, uh, makes the the whole office of the CFO run a bit smoother, because that is, at the end of the day, the backbone of an organization to be able to forecast, uh, burn, uh, you know, look for, you know, areas of, of issues before it becomes a big blow up in the face and obviously 
we can name a bunch of companies that have missed the mark and, and let it go too far. And so I do think AI and machine learning can catch those things. And then I know we'll get into it, but like, it might be scary to have your job replaced, but you could become a, a stronger, more powerful, more important employee by using this technology in order to flag something before it's a big problem. Uh, be smarter, use data better, instead of just be, for lack of a better term, a paper pusher, you're more engaged and consultative, which I do think accountants at the end of the day want. They want to be more purposeful as opposed to reconciling invoices for eight hours a day for the rest of their lives. So true. And Chris is the founder of Vic.ai, uh, uh, automating, uh, autonomizing uh, in this same field. Do you have anything you'd like to add? No, I think, you know, doubling down on, uh, on that and, uh, we're, uh, it's, 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 we're in a trajectory where we, you know, we'll, we'll take off one mundane task after the other. And, uh, on the other side of that, hopefully, you know, that can drive, you know, less employee burnout, more meaningful work. Uh, what we're spending a lot of time on is to have the machines, uh, not only do the mundane task, but also, you know, make sure that we produce interesting data and interesting content to the users, which they, again, not not like wrapped up stuff, but enough so they can take that on and produce analytics tools and, and present interesting data and presentations to you know, their end customers or their internal uh, financial department or, or, or executive team or, or even the broader team in the companies. So I, I do believe that uh, um, as, um, as uh, they talked about that, you know, freeing us up from, from and, you know, I, I can, I can um, uh, definitely just, I think everyone on this call here can see how just the GPT-4 has unlocked potential in ourselves. You know, we're, we're writing fewer, longer emails. We, you know, there's job descriptions being produced both at Flowcast and at Vic, which uh, which has tremendous help. So I think across the board, uh, you know, these tools in general uh, are, are freeing up uh, a lot of the mundane work and it's also boosting creativity. So but tying it back to burnout, I think that's, you know, that's one side of the coin freeing up time, but it's going to be interesting to see, you know, we're moving from an environment where, you know, there's control in the office to a more uh, decentralized operation where you have people uh, all over the world uh, in, 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 in this situation. And then it's just like, how can we use these tools to also foster connections internally and externally? And I think that's going to be, the really interesting part over over the next couple of years to um uh, since we're in such a digital collaboration environment where you know all the data are being pushed through different apps and stuff and it's available and it's difficult for a head of hr like like the two of you to you know listening on every conversation looking at everything that's happening and it's 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 just like how do we how do we engage with tools that can actually do that in a responsible way because it's it's like as always it's a double edged sword uh when when uh, when when introducing powerful tech like this but uh, i'm very hopeful that it's easier to to do this at scale with with the tools that are already here yeah, I agree with you. And I think it goes goes back to the whole idea that with AI, uh, getting rid of the mundane things, allowing us to have more engagement in our work, right? So uh, 
indexing hard on innovation, communication, empathizing, which AI cannot replace, right, uh, helps lead us onto that and, and using tools that can maybe help identify when that's, when the burnout's starting to happen, we can jump in from a human perspective and, and be able to make a difference. Um, Babak, I'm curious, uh, you're in such a unique industry. Um, uh, maybe talk a little bit about what tools you see and uh, having an impact uh, to be able to reduce burnout. Right. For, for the healthcare industry in general, it's no, um, no different than any other industry. The mundane, repetitive tasks are not only the ones that everyone wishes were replaced by, by automation, but also the ones that are best suitable uh, for, for automation. Um, it's, uh, you know, myself having a background in AI and, and having studied this for the past 20 years, I know that these types of tasks are the best ones for machine learning, especially deep learning type of technologies to, to automate. So that fit is there and, and that's, that's great. And everyone's very obviously hopeful. There's a lot of money being invested, billions of dollars literally around the world, both from governments and uh, private uh, investors and VCs into this space because of that perfect fit. The challenge is of course that the, while that perfect fit is there, um, there is uh, this, this sort of uh, love and hatred towards AI in, in the healthcare industry, probably like many other industries where there is a fear of jobs being taken away. There is a fear of, wait, is this just an assistant that helps me? Or is this someone I'm training, something, <laughs> I just called it someone, something <laughs> I'm training to uh, take over my job in the near-term future. And and uh, it's, it's a legitimate fear. Uh, I, I get it, like, especially in the, in the short term, um, it will have an impact, a disruptive impact on, on certain types of jobs and certain types of tasks. But in the long run, I obviously, being, a, being an AI technologist, I, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the, the positive impact it will have on, on society as a whole, but also even those professions uh, specifically. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful um, and, and obviously the results we're seeing in terms of the performance of these AI models for being anything from just the generating the clinical report once the, um, uh, the diagnosis has been made to actually doing the diagnosis or helping assistant in the diagnosis of let's say reading a CT or, or an X-ray. Uh, are at this point already surpassing human performance, so human radiologists. So everything points to indicates that uh, we're we're definitely moving the needle here. It's just that we got to figure out what we do in this transitionary period where jobs will be disrupted at the same time as you know hopefully burnout and other uh, uh, negative effects of over overwork nets and overload are going to be taken care of too. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think that um, it is moving very, very quickly. It's sort of like, uh, I think COVID helped speed up organizations being willing to go remote. And now ChatGPT and similar tools are really pushing us forward uh, in, in adopting AI and it's, uh, it's not going away. Um, there's a question from an audience member and I think it's a good point to interject right now. Uh, 
to uh, anyone who would like to answer this. Do you have any favorite AI tools you use to become more productive or less burned out? And those two are definitely connected. ChatGPT. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say ChatGPT with the plugins. Mm. Definitely highly recommend playing around with the plugins that exist for ChatGPT because and now we have a bot as well to, you know, as of today, it seems. Awesome. Yeah, a, a web crawler. So yeah, that's uh, it's a immensely powerful suite suite of tools. So and it's getting stronger every month. It seems. So we, I guess we're on the you know beginning of the of the you know hyper growth on that platform. So yeah, second that it it makes a lot of sense to uh, to try and uh, establish GPT four uh the platform or or something similar as a as a solid co-pilot and um yeah just having a lot of conversations uh with it on on whatever you need assistance on well i'm personally a terrible powerpoint presenter creator so uh that is definitely one of my more favorite things and it definitely creates well-being for me knowing that there's something that can help me create those uh a day and anything you'd like to add? No, I think uh, Chris might have mentioned it. I've built job ads, career paths, and it gets you 60 to somewhere 70% of the way there. So you don't have to bang your head against the wall. And you also get a lot of unique perspectives that you might not have thought about on your own. So I like that it's ability to pull in kind of everything. And then you get to decide what, what fits with our tone, our culture. Uh, what do I want to apply? What do I not want to apply? But it saved me hours uh, because everyone's demanding a career path right now. So that's kind of our big focus in our company to be able to build those sustainably. And ChatGPT is doing a lot of the heavy lifting for us. Excellent. Yep. I think that's a common, common uh, thing that HR people are focused on right now. Okay, so we've talked a little bit uh, about um, AI-driven workload management. I, I want to pivot and talk about enhancing work-life balance, which we've touched on a little bit. Um, a key aspect of preventing burnout is promoting a, a healthy work-life balance. So uh, let's just talk a little bit about in what ways can AI contribute to a healthier work-life balance for employees uh, and again, you know, uh, with Flowcast and Vic.ai being in the accounting industry, we can uh, add in there as well as the healthcare industry with Babaka. Babaka, do you want to start? Sorry. So the question is, um, where we a, key, a key aspect of preventing burnout is a healthy work-life balance. How can AI help yeah. with creating that in the workplace? So again, I think in the the way AI helps already in the workplace with that is that you know it especially technologies like chat gpt and other llm technologies will be seeing coming out from other big companies pretty soon uh is to for everyone to have an ai assistant everyone will have access to already has access to a very powerful assistant so imagine if you uh, were that suddenly everyone is actually an executive level at a company where they can afford or they're assigned an assistant. The the way you would delegate work to this assistant to basically take uh, load off yourself is exactly how you should treat the AI, especially these LLMs. 
Uh, and any any smart sort of leader or executive who has real, let's say, real human assistance knows how to do that delegation. So I think everyone needs to just learn the the art of delegating, and and of course delegating the right things to this AI uh, as its capabilities and and affordances go up and increase. Because eventually it's going to be able to take on much more than it does today. But already today you can delegate a significant amount of your workload to, to the AI assistant if you know how to work with it. I love that idea, viewing this as an assistant. And what I find interesting, one of the problems I am challenged with in HR is managers have a hard time delegating. So maybe uh, a day you can talk a little bit about how to encourage people uh, to, to delegate and use AI in the way that uh, Babak mentioned. Yeah, not to beat the dead horse of career paths, but there's a lot of us building career paths in tandem with management and then having them really understand what like those expectations are for different levels and even for themselves. I think, uh, you know, bigger companies come with more siloed responsibilities, so they have to understand like what's the expectation of me as a manager and I need to be able to delegate in order to meet the expectations of my own role. Therefore, how do I get that done? So like my performance reviews are, are good and I get good raises, but um, I would also say too, it's, I try to use the carrot of like, I use it for vacation planning. Uh, if I want to go somewhere and I've never been there before, test it out for a personal thing. And then you kind of dip your toe in the water, seeing how cool it is and then getting, uh, more used to using it in the workplace are also, I will shout out our legal and compliance team. They were very proactive to say, use it wherever you can within reason, but they came out very strong months ago and said, we want people to use uh, AI at work. So we have a chat GPT Slack channel where people, whether it's product related or not, we talk about how we can use it and people sort of crowdsource and bounce ideas off of each other. Uh, and, and I've seen a lot of people say like, oh, tip, I use this to like automate something or use my calendar, uh, like audit my calendar meetings. And uh, someone goes, oh my God, I want to use that. So it ends up being sort of like a uh, if you're afraid to use it, you can see other people using it, getting cool ideas and then start to use it yourself. But I do like saying, try, try it on, plan your vacation with ChatGPT, and then you can see how much it can do with your personal and in your work life. And Love I it. would just add to that, that if you don't know what to use it for, or what can I use it for? You can ask, ask ChatGPT. <laughs> you can ask it, what, what I do this kind of work and describe your work and say, what can, exactly as I said, treat it like an assistant. Just like an assistant that you just hired, maybe you don't know much about this assistant, you can talk to the assistant and ask, what can you do for me? This is what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. What can you help me with? I love it. Chris, as a, as a founder and a leader of an AI-first organization, any specific examples you have that you would like to share? And, and maybe also just add in your role as a leader uh, in, in promoting and uh, bringing AI into an organization, which probably a lot of companies who are trying to adopt AI, who are not as AI forward as we are, um, are struggling with a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, I, I, none of us did like the last industrial revolution, but uh, I, I, I guess, you know, being, being uh, you know, humans with, with even more powerful tools and trying to, uh, trying to lead companies and, and steward them to it. I, it's, it's, and it's, it's kind of a balancing act since, you know, you have everywhere in media, you can spend quite, quite, a, quite a media show 
uh, aside launching of all these products, and I, I, I do believe that that will increase in the in in the future. So as the press uh, enjoys uh, writing about climate change, they do enjoy uh, writing about AI change, and um, and I, I I do think that uh, as any good leaders, we we should lead by example and uh, be sure to you know surface tools and also just like move forward as you can see both several of the leaders in Vic has on their own did you know they've done technical projects and just launched it to the team so we have one of one of the leaders in and Vic did um a Zoom summarizer uh even before you could buy that from any other companies and just launched you know open sourced it to the internal organization and it's like hey I made this uh you know on a couple of weekends and you know here enjoy everyone it's uh it's uh you know now you can summarize any any meeting you were, were in externally and, uh, or externally which you know took away mundane tasks for you know uh, uh, a big part of the team so uh, uh, and you have Mark here that's, uh, you know, launching podcasts right, left and center, really leveraging AI with, uh, with, a you know, very, very small podcast team. So I do think, um, I do think that that's like lead by the heart, lead, lead by example. I know that, uh, the HR department and people operations did, uh, you know, you guys did the mental health challenge, Anna, that was yeah. Uh, both supervised and generated by AI. So it's all these yeah. like cool things you can do. And it doesn't mean to be, you know, be a big thing, but it's just, it's just like it should be backed by a positive, you know, uh, initiative and then uh, with a pure intention and is pushed out uh, to the organization. That's uh, at least I've I've seen that internally that, that that's a that's a good good use case to kind of get uh get the positive uh uh positive feelings uh, inside the organizations around this you know groundbreaking technology that can be scary but at the same time it can be magical right so it's just like it's 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 like a twilight uh, world here yeah i agree i think you and chris are are uh, or sorry you and alex both are ceo of vic.ai um, tell us to think first what ai can do Right. So when we're approaching challenges or topics or projects, how can AI solve this problem? And I have to admit, I've personally had to get over feeling like I didn't do the work myself. And once I got past that and I realized how much time it saved me, uh, I absolutely am full, fully in on adopting AI. So uh, that's another trick maybe you can put in the arsenal. Um, so uh, we've talked a lot about uh, work-life balance. Um, it also leads into, and we've touched on this briefly as well, but let's dive a little bit deeper into employee engagement and motivation. Those are both crucial factors in preventing burnout and fostering a really productive work culture. Um, let's talk a little bit about how AI tools enhance engagement and motivation, and if there's any specific strategies or tools that any of you would recommend to the, to the listeners out there. So in terms of engagement, I think um, what uh, Chris gave as an example, of what you guys have done at Vic AI internally is a great way of, of thinking about, especially LLMs being the new sort of kid on the block of AI. Um, these models can definitely be fine-tuned and even trained. You can train your own with open source versions of these models on your own data. And, 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 um, putting a conversational layer as a, as a search layer 
on top of the company's own collateral and the company's own content is a great way of engaging the internal team. And it's, it's very cheaply and easily done these days. So um, basically utilizing the conversational interface as a way of interfacing or interacting with any type of content on collateral the company has internally is I think a perfect starting place. Love it. Yeah, and I think um, I think just to add on that, so let's let's say, and we're doing something like this. I'm not gonna, you know, uh, drop all the all the internal things here, but we, uh, you know, we have a lot of LLMs running, and we've been, you know, at the LLM game for for since inception. But the 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 thing with um, uh, uh, let's just say that you you fine tune an LLM to be uh, to to uh, sift through and look through all uh, external and internal knowledge about the company, you know everything from you know the Jira to the Guru to the Slack to the everything, and then you can just put this you know immensely empathic nice person that everyone in the company can chat with, and you know no questions are 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 too stupid but you can you can you know you can have su such a nice uh digital person just sitting inside the company slack guiding you uh, guiding new employees when when you look at this from a nature perspective where it's always just like hey i'm a new employee in a remote world i you know i feel bad reaching out to people over slack just like being spamming and it's just like you have some some somebody there we're not at the Samantha from the Her movie yet, but you know maybe next year we'll uh, we'll be uh, we'll be closer to that. So I think that uh, um, yeah, that that's a really good internal use case for any company. And as Babak said, it's 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 not a, a big deal to to launch. It's just like connecting a few pieces and putting a a a, a nice. Um, a nice uh, sort of uh, empathic uh, uh, internal Samantha uh, being being available twenty four seven for everyone. I love the idea of an internal Samantha. <laughs> I think uh, to I, add to that, you, sorry. sorry. Oh yeah, no, I was just going to say, go ahead, but I maybe incorporate in. Uh, I was going to ask you earlier. You had mentioned as your organization has started to grow and people don't feel as impactful as they used mm. to that definitely contributes to a lack of motivation uh, on behalf of, of the employees. Have you used anything, any use case in, in engaging people with AI? Yeah, I think um, just to close out the loop on the last conversation too, we would, I could use AI for like employee engagement service to interpret the data and analyze it where I would save a lot of my time. And then, you know, just keep a broader pulse a finger on the pulse for employee sentiment if we run pulse surveys or annual surveys or stuff like that. But um, I think job security is a really big deal always, but particularly in recent years um, with a lot of the layoffs in the tech world that have been going on, there's a lot of impact to mental health or stability because of the fear of losing your job. Um, this adds a lot of job security if you get with the program and learn how to use AI and can apply it to your job. But sort of calling back to my comment about how we have a chat GPT Slack channel, um, it's also secretly to get good ideas for us to innovate as a company. And so just anyone could come up with the next big thing that pushes Flowcast as a company forward. And I think people are kind of chomping at a bit that, to be that person, right? To, to even if I'm a sales executive or sales, a sales SDR, I could be that person to come up with a pitch that the CEO likes and folds it into our roadmap 
Um, so I think, again, to the credit of our legal team and our leadership saying like, everyone use this please and, and reinforcing it in every company meeting and that ever, anyone can be the, the almost like golden ticket Willy Wonka type of thing. Like you could, you could help innovate the company. Um, I think gives people something to look forward to that's out of maybe the mundane, um, as well as reducing burnout. How can you use this to make your job more efficient? Which again, is just a sneaky way of us gaining more pro productivity and efficiency out of our employees. So it's a win-win, win-win situation. Yeah, absolutely. There was a question that came up online here that somebody said, if you are just starting out on the AI path and you want to be one of those people, um, who is using AI and, and adopting it, um, what tools, tricks would you, would you give to someone uh, to get started in AI? And I think you gave a great example uh, a day of using it to plan your vacation. So downloading ChatGPT and using it to plan a vacation, something you know, that uh, doesn't impact your job or anything. So that's one, one idea. Anything else that people have uh, in mind that... Um, any learning to, to share? Said it. Just to type in a chat GPT, looking for a tool that can automate blah, 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 and then keep on having exactly. a conversation with chat GPT to uh, refine their answers. But I have gone, I don't want to Google anything. I just go to chat GPT, you know, identify X product that can do this, this, and this. And it pulls up a bunch of stuff. Or if there's a product I'm interested in and I want to know who its competitors are so I can do my due diligence, chat GPT. Uh, but I, I know that's such a silly answer, but totally, literally drop it in there and it'll give you a lot of great answers. Okay. I can, I can awesome. give another example of what I use it for daily. Uh, in our line of work, there's a lot of research papers, both clinical and medical ones, and of course, AI ones that I need to, um, uh, to begin with, at least have a very quick overview of and understanding of um, before I do a deep dive or decide where to do a deep dive go down the rabbit hole. And, and that quick overview, always use ChatGPT for a quick summary or ask questions about a specific research article. So basically very technical, very, in some cases, very long sort of journal articles that I need to be able to quickly comprehend or at least have a high level overview of before I decide if I'm gonna do a deep dive. Awesome. Chris, anything you'd like to add around that? And, and um, I think maybe we could incorporate one more question that came in, which is any learnings to share pitfalls to avoid when introducing AI and pushing AI adoption internally, given how uh, much you have been on the forefront of AI? Yeah, yeah. As we briefly touched upon uh, when when we talked about that on the on the last section, I I just think that uh, make sure that it's uh, it's it's a positive framing that someone just it's like it's not an enforcement. It's like it's not a leader that's like enforcing the team to do something. It's just like something you just you know release to the company in a positive frame that. Either is you know it, it's it's fun or it's it takes away a lot of mundane things or you know like the mental uh, health challenge that uh, that people ops did uh, you know at Wick. So I just think that we very conscious about 
what type of things is like we're not introducing a surveillance tool here that you know someone called it over the weekend to have gain more control over you know how how your your slack uh, engagement in terms of the amount of uh, channels you're following or something but you know instead you know mental health or 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 just like hey we wrote this cool tool to help us plan the new uh, the next you know company gathering it's like always try to look 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 it into that and and um you know usually that could then inspire the teams and 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 everyone to you know oh if we could do that for you know planning our next company you know uh, get together maybe we can use that in x y and c inside you know customer success so that that's at least uh, a small trick that i've seen uh, work internally for 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 our sake at least I will add one more tip. I think transparency is key, uh, is really being open and honest with your staff about how you are using AI and its extent and what your intentions are around AI. Uh, I think it's also pretty helpful. Babak, you're in a, a very compliance focused industry. Any tips, tricks, things that you can add that you in, in your field look out for or think about? Yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the healthcare industry is both side of the size of the Atlantic, very compliance and regulatory, uh, heavily regulated. Regulated. Um, we uh, we have a bunch of internal rules that we have built on top of the regulatory and compliance requirements from the authorities, and I would recommend any organization. You don't have to be in healthcare. To, to do that. And, and really all it takes is sort of a, a, a concentrated effort by, by leadership and, and key stakeholders to sit down and think through what do we want to have as our company guidelines for using, uh, you know, when and where to use AI and when and where not to use AI. So we actually have like a document of do's and don'ts, key sort of do's and don'ts. And obviously in our space, you know, we come across a lot of PHI and uh, protected health information. So, so patient uh, health records and, and electronic health records that contain uh, private uh, information about the patients. And that's something we never, absolutely never put into any of these uh, GPT models, uh, at least not the public ones. We're building our own, of course, in-house for, for various purposes of actually providing sort of AI doctors um, but also, I would say any kind of co company IP, so confidential intellectual property, uh, companies need to think carefully about that. Um, obviously, all over the world right now, programmers, coders are putting in code snippets into ChatGPT and asking it to improve it or, or help them with it. And, and for the most part, that's that's innocent and fine. But sometimes, as it happened with, I believe it was Microsoft, they had to actually fire uh, on two occasions uh, software engineers that had put in pretty critical information and code into into ChatGPT. I, I think it was Microsoft. Um, but uh, anyways, that's probably recurring everywhere right now, and it's just good to get ahead of all of that and and have clear concise sort of guidelines for the company that's that's top top down driven. Yep, and especially as it relates to employee burnout, I think is pretty key as well, right? So mental health is uh, is a uh, um, 
very personal personal issue that uh, thankfully is getting so much more um, airplay and acceptance in the workforce and being uh, thoughtful about how we're using AI to that end is also really, really key. So that's a good parallel. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we're almost wrapped up here. So uh, I did just want to ask the panelists just, uh, you know, an, an, another question around um, a key takeaway or a final thought on the role of AI in reducing AI or AI in reducing employee burnout. I'll, I'll say this much. I, I think all these agents are going to keep improving, um, whether it's from OpenAI, ChatGPT, or, or other bespoke ones. And they're going to improve to a point where, I mean, even I, as an AI expert and, and academic in this space, can't imagine today. Um, what that means is the sooner you start using them and, and getting familiarized with them, the the more comfortable you, you will be with this future where essentially everyone will have not just one assistant, but a number of assistants that cover different aspects of your life that will be able to do so much more than they're doing today. You will have your own financial assistant that will probably automate and do a lot of the financial decisions and investment decision-making for you. You will have your own legal assistant and you will have your own assistant in other aspects of your life that basically will take over a lot of the mundane and, and the dif difficult parts of of your daily day-to-day -day life. Uh, the sooner we start getting used to that, the better, you know, the, 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 the less resistance we will have to this future. Excellent. Chris? Yeah, I, I, sec, I second the uh, you know the exponential trajectory, and and I you know I think you know burnout, uh, depression, whatever whatever you know stuff that that hits uh, hits us from time to time. It's um, you know there's 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 quite this you know there's there's a lot of old answers to these questions, right? So we can always apply the next technology and whatever, and and of course it would be nice when, you know, when everyone internally has a Samantha that uh, you know is is better than having you know a thousand psychologists and and the coaches and and uh, and and stuff helping. But I I do believe that um, uh, keeping an optimistic uh, culture. Uh, and a positive environment for you know ad adapting to change, having like a resilience and an optimistic mindset internally in the organization, is something that has to be you know nurtured in in the organization, but also pushed uh, pushed out from the leadership. And uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty wild. And uh, and uh, uh, so you know ancient philosophy and optimism and and uh, just a positive mindset and and a nurturing empathy in in the organization is is so so just leaning back to even though we are in an exponential age of technology the the answers to a lot of this is is thousands of years old right so i do believe that um you know, ma managed uh, managed new wild scenarios. Uh, you can do that uh, uh, in the same way that humans have done for thousands of years, uh, and you know, a lot of that has been written down. And you can even chat with ChatGPT about it if you're wondering <laughs> how to cope with uh, with exponential change and in the age of AI. Right. I love it. Very wise words. A day. 
Oh, I don't know what else I could say. Um, I, I probably would say don't let the limitations of your own mind prevent you from exploring because there are things that I have no clue could be done, um, but that shouldn't mean that it can't be done. And so just definitely trying to be open-minded. I think Babak said it too, just like test things out, don't be afraid, but of course lead with as much empathy. Um, and it's coming, you know, There, if you don't get on this train, you might be left behind. And I think that's a bad place to be in, particularly for like the job stability, security, retention, uh, uh, talk track we had about burnout. Um, but certainly it can help you in all aspects of your life. And uh, yeah, just being open to new ideas and then just stealing cool ideas from other people too. It doesn't have to come from me in order for me to use something or use AI to my advantage. Awesome, excellent. Thank you so much. And thank you to all the participants and those of you who end up watching this uh, in the future. Uh, we appreciate your time. Hopefully we helped uh, give you some very valid uh, points uh, and things to think about with regard to battling employee uh, burnout and increasing productivity. Uh, I think we had some great examples of treating AI as an assistant, crowdsourcing how you use it, um, uh, not being afraid to adopt it, being optimistic, having a positive outlook with regard to AI instead of viewing it as something fearful. Um, and then uh, to organizations really embracing this uh, with purpose, with transparency, and with empathy and nurturing as you bring it into your workforce. So with that, I want to say a very grateful thank you to Ade Tadas Heath from Flowcast and to Babak Razal. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna mess your last name up, but I'm gonna try anyway. Razal's Ade, close. Thank you. Excellent, close thank you so much, Babak, um, from Tempest Labs for your insight and to our own Christopher Royal from Vic.ai and to Mark Fisher, our head of marketing at Vic.ai. It has been a pleasure to spend this hour with you. Thank you, go forward and conquer. Thank you, Anna. Thanks everyone. Thanks, Thanks. guys. <laughs>